man, we're glad that you're here at Hope City today. And man, we've been praying for just a good, a good uh, time for the spirit just to show up and show out. And so I hope that's what you came desiring today. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to be working out the book of Acts today, Acts 9. So if you've got your phone, we'll go to Acts 9 or your Bible, whichever one you got. Uh, uh, but Acts 9 is where we're going to be working out of. But hey, I want to um, ask a question. Um, you know, just kind of embrace what time of season it is. Man, we're getting ready to head into the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Anybody excited about that? Anybody excited about Thanksgiving, Christmas? I mean, turkey, ham, taters. I mean, they're all good, right? It's a good time. But before we can get there, man, we got this thing tomorrow we call Halloween. So you saw the kids up here dressed up. They're all costume over there. They're having a blast. And uh, uh, let me ask you, let's revert back to your childhood for just a moment. Whoa, I got uh, somebody in the back dressed up. That kind of scared me, actually. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, uh, like revert back to your childhood. Remind yourself for just a moment. uh, Like when you used to dress up as a kid, like what was your favorite, what was your favorite costume that you dressed up like? You got it in your head? Just shake your head, yeah? Hey, let me go ahead and start before going further. Y'all know this thing works way better. This works way better if you respond to me. You know that, right? Yes, no, kiss it, something. You know what I'm saying? This something that I got, it just works better that way. So you got that thing in your brain, like what it was that you just love to do, you love to dress up. Was it something that's uh, like you dressed up year after year after year because you liked it that much? Anybody in the house? Not many. Why, why did you not do that? It's because you wanted to dress up like other folk, right? You look like this is your opportunity to be somebody you're not, right? So I'm going to ask a show of hands, who enjoyed the candy the most about Halloween? Raise your hand. All right. So who enjoyed the dress-up part? Well, I probably shouldn't ask, then should I? Uh, there's about 10 of you, and the rest of you like the candy. And the dentist likes you for it. Well, I like the dress-up part because I'm a little weird. And I enjoyed, like, this time of year, I like, dude, what am I going to dress up like this year? It was like, you know, this thing. It was a, this event. and uh, But I remember, uh, like, my favorite costumes were always homemade. Is anybody with me in the house? Can I get something like what, what, or something? Yeah. All right. How about a show of hands? That little clapping? Stop clapping. You know why we did the church clap? Because y'all do this. And, like, we were just talking, like, the church clap is just, like, one notch above a golf clap. That's a golf clap. That's a church clap. So I'm not, no more, no more, no more clapping here today. All right? Because y'all are like, oh, it's cute. Show of hands. I don't even know what I was going to ask. Y'all that got me worked up over that church clap. Church clap, that's good. Those kids are good. Anyway, somebody tell me what I was asking. Homemade costumes, yes. Raise your hands who enjoyed homemade costumes. Yes, or you enjoyed making homemade costumes for your chitlins. Yeah, that's good. I loved it. My mom made, uh, I remember probably my, my most fond memory of dressing up was my mom made me a, uh, a homemade clown outfit. Now listen, public service announcement. 
Do not dress up like a clown this Halloween. You will get shot. <laughs> y'all know what? Y'all watch the news, don't you? You know, come out of his house about three weeks ago. Pam, pam, pam. I'm like, with a shotgun, come on. Mo was shooting after a clown. So I would not suggest any clowns this year. But I remember my favorite one. I, she went all out. She did all this, whatever. But I remember being a clown. It was a lot of fun. Like last night, I'll just give you a little tip, man. I was up watching a game late. My cubbies lost again. What in the world? Y'all need to start praying for them mugs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, God already rose them from the dead. But, dude, they ain't doing nothing now. They're living. That'll preach. <laughs> rose them from the dead, and now they ain't doing nothing. I'm just going to jump into my message on that one. That was, I'm just kidding. But I was up late last night, and I, and I walked. I was always I have a routine. I go lock all the doors in the house because they crazy folk out there, right? And, uh, and so I locked the door, and, and I looked at my front window. I was like, why is all these cars parked? Now, it's five minutes till late. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's, it's five till midnight. Because you, you, nothing good happens after midnight, so you got to go to bed five minutes beforehand. But I remember looking at my window. I'm like, what are these cars in my front yard for? So I go open my front door. And I'm like, what in the world? There's like eight cars, all got headlights, and there's kids out there. You know what they dress like? Clowns. <laughs> the house next door, all clowns. They thought it was a clown party. But I remember that being a fond memory for me. Oh, how time changes, right? How we like to pervert things. But something happens in our teenage years. I ask my kids, like, what are you going to be? And my, you know, there's like, oh, no. You know, they're getting a little older. Do you dress up? When was the last time you dressed up for Halloween? Like, I'm 37. I got a couple folks in the house now dressed up. Go ahead and take your mask off, Nicole. Oh, she ain't wearing a mask. But anyway, uh, ain't nothing but love. All but love. I'm 37. Two years ago, I decided not to dress up anymore. 35. That's a pretty good age, right? But what happens in our life is this, on the real note is that somewhere along the way, we enjoyed dressing up to be somebody different than we were. We, we escaped our reality for just a moment and got to put on something, whether my little son, he's got like six outfits, and they're all superheroes. And dude, like this mug comes out from the, you know, he comes out with a sword, wants to fight me. I mean, he's got it all. And, but he loves to be, for just a moment, he escapes who he is. But that's what happens in us. Like somewhere we... We realized we didn't like who we are, and it became a lifestyle. Every day we woke up and we looked at ourselves in the mirror and said, I don't like you. Matter of fact, I don't like you at all. So I'm going to put on a different face to cover up who I don't like. And first thing you know, we've lived life, not who God's called us to be, but an imposter of who he is, wants us to be. And so I pick up this in verse uh, chapter nine tonight, and uh, this morning at Acts nine. And I want to read read about a a guy by the name of Saul. And you'll understand why I had all that in a second. But I want to jump into this thing um, because we've got a lot to cover in a short period of time. So let's just jump in. Chapter nine of Acts. Meanwhile, Saul, who was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that when he went there, if he found any of them belonging to the way, whether men or women, 
he might take them prisoner, take them prisoners to Jerusalem. So let me give you a little backstory here. So we got a guy by the name of Saul here. Saul said it just like it. He is one that enjoys persecuting folks of the way. And the way is those who have accepted this man named Jesus. So you got Saul, this man that has gained a lot of power when he go to, to cities with his entourage. He had one goal, guys. Listen, one goal is to sniff out those folks who were about Jesus, that who accepted this call, who changed the way they had always thought, how they had always processed. He was a good Jew. He knew the scripture. He was a Pharisee, saw this man. He would be what we would consider the modern-day ISIS. Everybody know what ISIS is? If you've not lived in Iraq, you know who that is. Killing folks. Killing folks of belief systems. This is who we got. The ringleader of them all. Saul, heading from Jerusalem to Damascus. That's about 140 miles by foot from Jerusalem to Damascus. That's about 140 miles. And it's a, roughly a six to seven day journey. And I love this. It says, verse 3 says, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light, hear this, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him. She got this dude that has a lot of power that is going to a place to have people arrested. Have people arrested for believing in the very thing that we believe in today. Like he was in cahoots with the high priest. The high priest went to the synagogue and said, here's the role of the folks that live in Damascus. Here's their names. Go find them. What? Like I told him first, I said, that's the reason we don't have a directory. We didn't take your picture just in case that there was a Saul came looking for you. We're like, we don't know where they at. They in Winston. <laughs> they ain't in Wahlberg. But this was on the real, guys. Like, this is what he was to do. But he was on his journey, getting really close to Damascus, and this thing happened. This bright light from heaven shine all around him. And I love this. Verse 4, he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, are you tracking me? Light to the ground, and he hears a voice. Anybody like a little freaked out by, by now? Yeah, I'm, when I read it, I'm like, oh, dude, what is he, what is, what, is, what is Saul thinking, right? What is he thinking at this point in time? And the voice says this, Saul Saul, why do you persecute me? This is how he responded. I don't know how Saul responded, but he's a murderer. He's a leader of the pack trying to sniff out this thing, this people of the way. And this is how he responded. Verse 5, who are you, Lord? Like, how, how do you think those words came out of his mouth? 
laying on the ground, light shining on him, hearing a voice. Why do you persecute me, Saul? Well, who, who, well, who are you? Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. So you got this interchange that's happened. Verse 6. Tune into verse 6 here. It says, now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. <laughs> All right, so we got this guy that has a lot of power. A lot of power. And he has this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. This bright light, this voice spoke to him. And the voice said, go to the city in which you were going to anyway. Did you catch that? Go on to the city where you were going to sniff out my people. And once you get there, I'll tell you what to do. So you tell me this. Let me ask this question. Would it be that easy for you if you're on your way and you got stopped by a UFO? Is that what you think it was? That's what Pastor Scott said first service. What would you think of big bright light and you were caught in your tracks? And a voice started speaking to you. Let's continue. Verse 7, the, man, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Verse 9, for three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. So you got this man of power. Heading, he finds he he gets his way to where he was going, but do you see the do you see the picture here? Like I see pictures in my brain. Sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's not. But I see when I read the scripture, I see Paul and his posse that he travels with holding his hand, going into the city. Do you think Saul had ever went to Damascus before with some men holding his hand and blinded? Talking about a a time of humility. Would you think Saul was humbled by that, to say the least? I would. We're going to interject another character here. Verse 11, verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. And he responded this way. Yes, Lord. You see the two differences, how the response was to the same God? Who are you, Lord? And to the one that was the beloved, Ananias. Yes, Lord. Why would you respond to God that way? Maybe because he speaks to you often. You knew his voice. See, Saul didn't know that was the voice of God. But Ananias did, correct? Ananias knew his voice. Yes, Lord, what you got for me today? I love this. Verse 11, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Have you seen what has happened in a short period of time? 
with a man that was a murderer, is a murderer. He has this encounter with Jesus, has this encounter with the light, and he becomes obedient to it. Did you catch that? Like, like he, he listened, go into the city, and, and I will tell you what's next. What did he do? He went into the city, and he waited for what was next. But in his waiting, guess what happened? He was blinded, and he didn't eat or drink anything. For three days, he fasted. But in that, God gives him a vision. And here's the vision, verse 12. In a vision, he has seen a man. So this is God and Ananias' encounter, but I want you to hear it this way. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place hands on him to restore his sight. So what was, so what was Saul doing? He had an encounter with Jesus in Damascus. No drink, no food, three days, and he was going to be there when you found him. He was going to be doing what? Praying. But in the prayer, what happened? God shows this murderer a vision. And what was the vision of? Of a man named Ananias that will come and lay hands on you, and he will give you your sight back. So what do you think Saul's thinking about this time? Is he pretty excited about that? Maybe. If you were blind, would you be excited about getting your sight back? (sighs) This crowd. If you were hungry and somebody said there's a meal cooked whenever you leave here, would you be excited about that? Well, where are we going for lunch then? Whose house? Come on. He said he would come and lay hands on you. So this is interchangeable, hear me, between God and Ananias. Ananias, the one to who is favored. I love what Ananias' name means. It means grace. A giver of grace. That's what his name means. Verse 13. Lord, Ananias said, he answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here to Damascus with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. So God asked Ananias to go. He asked him to go and do what? Lay hands on this man named Saul. Would you be nervous? Would you be nervous if you were Ananias? You want me to do what now, God? So you want me to go over there and lay my hands on the man that wants to lay his hands back on me? So you're telling me if I do this, like I'm going to lay hands on him, his sight's going to be restored. What's that unit going to do to me? Would you think that in in the flesh? Would you think that church is shaking head? No, yes, maybe so. I would be thinking that. So you want me to go open his eyes so then he can kill me? Doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to Ananias either. He said, "Are you? Hey God, are you sure? I hear the reports, and I love verse 15. This is where we're going to hang. Verse 15. And the Lord said to Ananias, go. He had already asked him to go. And Ananias had some pushback. 
Can I tell you this? God's okay with your pushback. Have you ever heard that before? Like, he's okay with your little whining. Like, he's a big God. He's my God. I don't know how big your God is, but mine is way bigger than my issue. Any issue. See, so many times, hey, church, we get caught up in saying, hey, God, my issues are so big. My situation stinks, and this, that, and the other. And we try to tell God just how big our issues are. What if we changed that? Like, what if we told our issues how big our God is? See, God's okay with your little excuses. Well, I don't know. He might kill me. Now, listen, that's a pretty good excuse. <laughs> I'm a, well, you know, it's pretty good if I do say so myself. But God said, hey, Ananias, I just want you to go. And this is the this is the lob. This is the when we talk about lob like a wiffle ball. You throw a wiffle ball up to a kid, he can hit it. Now you throw a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball, you may miss it. But this is God giving the wiffle ball. Hey Ananias, I want you to go. But I'm gonna go ahead and tell you why. See, sometimes in life, God asks us to go and he didn't tell us why. You hear me, church? Hold on, let me back up. Most of the time, God asks us to go. What did he tell what did he tell Saul? Go into the city, and I'll give you your next instruction. To a man that was going to the city anyway to have people arrested. But go into the city, and I'll give you your instruction then. See, Ananias was so in tune with God. He heard the voice. Yes, Lord, what you want me to do? Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, this is the guy that's coming to kill me, going to have me arrested. But God is so good. He said, okay, Ananias, I heard you, but I still need you to go. Because this is why. He gave him the law. Hear this. This is why he wanted him to go. He said, this man is my chosen instrument. Saul. Come on, church. Did you hear me? Are you, are you, we just sang a song about, man, you spoke and you woke me up. About like my cousin, he woke him up, but now they ain't doing anything. I think the church has awoken, but ain't doing anything. Like they're they're awake. Hey God, I hear you. I'm reading in your word and I'm scribbling on some paper and I'm you know, I'm doing my devotions and man, I feel good. But we just ain't doing nothing. Like he said, go, because he is my instrument. This man named Saul, he is my instrument. This is what he's my instrument for. He said, He's gonna carry my name. Here, hear me. He's gonna carry my name, the name of Jesus, to who? To the Gentiles. This mug's a Jew. He's gonna give him a new nature. Do you hear that? Like he's going to make him new. Like a man is going to kill folks. He's going to make him new. Hear me, church. He's going to take my name to the Gentiles. Not only to the Gentiles, he's going to take my name to the kings. This guy that kills people like me. So that's that's what you want me to go? That's what, that's what I'm going to? He's going to take my name to the kings and the people of Israel. And I'll show him how much he'll have to suffer. That's a whole other message in itself. Go study Paul's suffering. It's unbelievable. Verse 17. Here it is. Verse 17. Then Ananias, what did he do? He went. Do you think he went because he knew, well, God said he's going to be the instrument, and he's going to take the name before the king. Well, hold on. What about me? You think Ananias ever thought, well, what about me? Like, I hear your voice all the time, God. Why wouldn't I be the one to take 
your name before the kings. Because he had Ananias for something else. It is said he went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul, and he said, You murderer! You hated man! Hold on a second. That ain't what Ananias said. He placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul. What's up, brother? You know, you know. That's close, man. That's bringing it close. Brother Saul. (laughs) The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you're coming here, has sent me so that you may see again. Not only to see again, but to be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Now, be careful. We can't be talking about the Holy Spirit in church. Like the Holy Ghost. Listen, it's Halloween. We can talk about it, right? It's ghost time. But go with it. So they can be filled. So he can be filled. So he can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what, 18, hear me, church. 18, you got to get it. Immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes. And he could see again. And he was baptized. was filled baptized hey church we talk about Paul a lot don't we so if you don't know who I'm talking about this man named Saul in this encounter gets a new name and now today we refer to him as who? Paul you know who Paul was? and who is he still is today? he's the writer of two thirds of the New Testament. This murderer, this modern day ISIS individual is a writer of two thirds of this thing, of the New Testament. Saul, can I, can I say this? By the faithfulness of a man named Ananias that we don't talk about very often, do we? How important his role in this story of the story of the church in the face of adversity. God, are you sure? Hey, God, are you sure? I mean, are you sure that's what you want me to do? You want me to go and tell him what? And you want me to lay hands on him then so he can lay his hands back on me? Hey, God, I'll go. What would it look like if the church had a bunch of Ananiases in the house? Like, what if there was a bunch of Ananiases? I think the church is filled with folks that would be Ananiases, but they're missing one part. Is that whenever God says go, they would actually go. They would actually go. No matter how hard the task they would just go. A church on the go. How about that? A church on the go. Feel the folks that get it, that hear from God, that know his voice, that know his word, and that has extreme obedience to who God is. Do you hear me, church? 
Two things I want to say before we move on. First one is this. Are you here today? You need a new name. See, Saul not only had a name change, he had an identity change. Like, he had an identity change. Like, it went from Saul, killer, to Paul, lover. Thank you. Saul to Paul. Like, who needs identity change? Like, it ain't just, he, got a, he didn't just get a name change. Pastor Brent shared with me in between, sir. He said, dude, the thing about Saul to Paul is, man, like, he was a Jew, and he was called to the Gentiles. Do you, like, the weight of that is enormous. And he accepted the call. Bright light to the ground voice. What? Who? Huh? Blind. Three days. Hungry. Hearing from God. Praying like you never done before. And scales fell from his eyes when the man named Ananias laid hands on him. Second is this. Who's ready to take the mask off in your life? Like when Ananias laid his hands on Saul to Paul. The scales fell from his face, and he could see. The mask was taken off, church. It's time to stop masquerading in our life. It's it's time to look ourselves in the mirror and say, God, you made me, you created me, and I'm going to be all you have called me to be. I'm not going to worry about a Galatians 1.10 opposite of that. Galatians 1.10 says basically this. Am I here to please man or am I here to please God? See, masquerading says, you know what? I'm just here to please God. I'm going to take the mask off. Somebody's going to pray over you. The scales are going to fall off my eyes. And I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So church, there's two things. You tired of playing business? You tired of playing the church clap? You ready for the scales to fall off your face and to come face to face with who God has created you to be? Two, some of you folks are just rock stars at what you do. You love Jesus with everything you got, but it's time. It's time to go. This community, it can get reached by putting how many people we can put in this building. It's about how many we can send out of those doors to go. Like Pastor Scott, I love that, Pastor Scott. I love how he says, hey, listen, man, we're not a seating church, man. We're a sending church. And listen, you better put your money where your mouth is with that. We don't, our goal is not to fill up these seats. Our, fill, our, door, our goal is to break the doors of the building because they keep opening so much people going out to change this community. One thing, I'm just going to leave with this. You want a new name? You want a new name? Yeah, that's, yeah, I'll say this. You want a new name? Are you, do you struggle because of your last name? Because the name that was given to you? Like you don't know anything about my family. You don't know my name. 
like my name like there's an expectation on my name to live to this level or maybe your name represents you're supposed to just be keep doing what you've been doing and living down here what does your name represent Saul got a new name his name is Paul Do you want a new name today? Do you want the mask to come off your face? That's the call. I'm going to ask you to do this. If that's either one of you, maybe there's a, I think there's a whole family in the room that wants to stand today. and Say, you know what? We want a new name. We don't want to live like the world has told us we had to live. I don't want to live with all the high expectations. I don't want to live with the low expectations. I want to live with expectation that only comes from who he is. I'm going to ask you to stand. Across the room, stand. If you want a new name, say this. If you're ready just for the, the scales to fall off your face, you come face to face, I want you to stand too. There's people who want to pray for you. Just stand. Thank you for being honest. Hey, you know how hard that is to stand? Hey, church, I want you to stand. I want you to stand across the room. You want, you want a new name? You want, a new, you want, you want the, the mask to fall off? I want you to stand because we want to pray for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hey, you guys. These folks are standing. Let's pray for them as we continue to worship. One thing we can do around here is pray. Come on, church. Go. And he went. So get up. Stand with these folks. And let's pray for them.